Hey hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of like, <laughs> you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. You get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Basketball season won't be around forever. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during signup. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to New York. This is the Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by, to you the, by hockey the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your here's host, host, Neil Villapiano. Guys, I've given up. I've really just given up. I, I can't even 
try to put on a brave face or try to put this in any other way other than it needs to be. I mean, I know that, you know, the great people like, you know, Steve Cangelosi, Ken Danico, Salvador, Erica Walker, Amanda Stein, uh, Matt Lautlin, Chris Westcott. I know all those guys, um, you know, they can't say certain things about the team, otherwise that they could be in trouble with their, with their jobs. And I respect that hundred percent because I know how the, I know how the industry works. Um, but on a podcast like this, I'm not going to bullshit. We fucking suck. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, this is going to be completely, you know, unedited. This is going to be completely, um, you know, uncensored. Uh, and if you have an issue with that, then, you know, don't listen to the episode, but we suck and we suck badly. Um, I'm recording this about a half hour after we have just lost to the flyers four to three in the shootout, making it 10 losses in a row. And we became just the second devil's team in franchise history to lose 10 or more games in a row. The last time we did that was in 1983, 84, when we were actually trying to tank to acquire, to get Mario Lemieux with the first overall pick. And we ended up getting the second overall pick at drafting Kirk Muller. I mean, it worked out for both teams in the long term, but obviously I wonder what would have happened if we had drafted Mario Lemieux, but maybe we wouldn't have some of the other great players that we have in our history. So it, it all kind of works out in the end of the deal. But again, this is the 10th loss in a row. And we just find every single possible way to lose hockey games. It's not even that funny anymore. It's really not like it really, you know, people might sit there and like, think it's funny, but it's really not. Um, the last time the devils won a game was back on April 8th. It was a six, three, six to three victory in Buffalo. Um, and since that point, not only have we not won a game, in most of these, we've not, we haven't even gotten close. And when I say that we have found every single way to lose a hockey game, we have pretty much found every single way to lose a hockey game. I mean, let's look at this past, well, not this past week, the week before in the four-game series against the Rangers, right? I mean, you look at it and you started off that series by getting shut out twice, um, giving Shesterkin his first two shutouts of his career. Um, you were down four nothing in the third game, came back to make it four to three, still lost six to three. And the same thing happened the next day, losing five to three. And then you go to Tuesday's game, which if you can tell from the last episode, I mean, it wasn't even that mad. We were down six nothing going into the third period. We scored six goals and still lost the game. And not only did we lose the game, we lost in a shootout. And that we didn't even lose in a shootout or overtime. We lost in regulation and we became the first team in NHL history to score five or five or more goals in a period and still lose the game. Only the devils could do something like that. Only the devils could do something like that. Just understand that. And then on Thursday, I mean, you didn't even show up. You know, we, we gave up the first goal. Matt Tennyson scores. Matt Tennyson, Matt Tennyson, ladies and gentlemen, Scores his first goal since 2015. 2015. It took him that long. Nobody else scored. And nobody else got close. And we got the doors blown off us. Five to one. Then you go to 
Saturday's game against Pittsburgh, the last last game of the season against Pittsburgh and the last of the three-game series against them. And we go down 3 nothing. We claw our way back, and we still lose the game 4-2 to two with Crosby getting the empty net goal, I think it was, or somebody got the empty net goal, with one-tenth of a second left. And just before that, Nico Hishier, uh missed an opportunity to score on a rebound that would have tied the game. And then you go to nine. And the game starts out with us taking a lead in the first period, which we have not done since April 8th. So think about that. That's how long it's been. Now we ended up letting them tie it, and we went into the first intermission tied. And that was the first time this season, uh, excuse me, not the first time this season, the first time since March 30th, which was a 5-4 loss to the Bruins. That was the last time we were either winning or tied after the first period. That, again, tells you a lot. But they continue to fight. They take a 2-1 to lead going into the third period. And again, we're like, okay, there's an opportunity here. Could we actually do it? But I'm going to be very honest with you guys. The entire time this game was going on, I did not once believe that we were going to win this game. Now, you might think that that's harsh. You might think that that's ridiculous. Oh, you know, I'm sure some people might say, oh, well, you're not a real fan because you're not sticking behind your team. You know, I'm about as real as a fan as a real fan can be because I don't decide to get distracted by people telling me about the future. I don't try to listen to the bullshit that devil's ticket people do when they call you and try to convince you to buy tickets for a team that is constantly thinking about the future. When you know damn well, the future doesn't show a lot of hope either. But anyway, back to the task at hand. You go into the third period, up two to one, you're fighting, and about halfway through the third period, Pavel Zaka scores. It was a great, great pass from Jesper Bratt to Zaka. It's three to one, with 10 minutes to go. It's three to one Devils with 10 minutes to go. And I was sitting there watching the game with some people and I, and we all knew it. We all knew if we're going to win this game, it's going to be three to two. Otherwise we're going to blow this game because we have blown leads countless times before. There is no difference. This team has never shown signs the last couple of years that they are trying to change things. And that's really what it is. And sure enough, sure enough, with about a minute 30, with about, a, with about 90 seconds left, Claude Giroux scores to make it three to two. And you're like, all right, well, this is the moment of truth. Do we find a way to hold on and win this game? Or do we allow the Flyers to tie it? Sure enough, on a stupid uh, clearance by Nick Bastian, hit off the ref, um, the Flyers ended up scoring on a deflection from Claude Giroux again, and the Flyers tied the game with about a minute left to go. In 30 seconds, the Devils went from being up two goals to the game being tied at three. And don't lie to me, Devils fans, because I know you were in this position. You knew, as well as I knew, that we were not winning that game. That it didn't matter if we if we lost it in regulation, overtime, or shootout. We were going to find a way to lose this game. 
it doesn't matter. We go into overtime, we get a power play right away, and we barely do anything. There was no opportunities to get a rebound. There was nothing like that. The Flyers barely did anything in that, in that overtime because they were on a penalty kill. And I'm going to call it like it is. They knew they had this game in the bag. And they knew if they got it to a shootout because we suck so much in the shootout and we've been doing that for nearly a decade that we're just going to fight, that we're going to lose this game. They, we, they knew that. So, of course, we don't score in overtime. So we have to go to a shootout. And it started very much like I've seen before. The Flyers score twice. They score on their first attempt. They score in a second. We don't score on our first one. So basically, we were in a position where we don't score. The game is over. But Sharon Govich had a really nice goal, top shelf over the glove side of Brian Elliott, and it's 2-1. to one. But Travis Konechny comes in, and he still has an opportunity if he scores. The game's over, and, and, and they win. But Blackwood makes a save. Then comes Jesper Bratt, and Bratt does his move that he does all the time, goes from his forehand to his backhand, has Elliott totally beat, and he scores. And this was the first time, I don't know how long, that the Devils were down by multiple goals in the shootout and had come back to tie it. So at that point, you're looking at it and saying, there's an opportunity here. There's actually an opportunity to, to do this. And both teams traded missed opportunities to score and finally Kevin Hayes comes in and Blackwood like he's done many times this year got deked out of his skates and just a simple tap in by Kevin Hayes he makes it three to two and they finally decide the Devils to, to have Nico Heeshear go and Nico had a piss poor attempt I mean it nearly got past Elliott but it was still a piss poor attempt and the Devils lost three to two in the shootout. Well, they lost, yeah, they lost three to two in the shootout. They lost four to three as the final score. And with that loss, the Devils have now lost 10 games in a row. Folks, there are exactly eight games remaining in the season, three more against the Philadelphia Flyers. Then we have back-to-back -back games against the Bruins. And then we finish with two games against the Islanders, and one more in Philadelphia. Our last home game is May 4th, my mother's birthday. And I really hope that I don't have to watch the game that night. I really hope that we do something for my mom, even though it's tough because of the pandemic. I would rather do that than watch this team. I mean, I would do that anyway, but still, that's my point. My point is, is that this team has become unwatchable. And I know. We're a young team. We traded all way, we traded all of our veterans for the most part, all of our veterans. We have guys who have COVID, like PK Subat. Moltsev has barely played. We had Nolan Foot, who played in two games, got a goal and an assist. And because they don't want him to lose a year of eligibility on his entry-level deal, he will not play probably another game this year with the Devils. And I know that there's some excitement about Alexander Holtz. He played his first professional hockey game. Yesterday, had five shots on goal. He looked really good. Uh, Binghamton still lost, and they're at the bottom of their uh, division. I don't know if they're towards the bottom of the AHL, but I wouldn't be totally surprised. Um, and, yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. And the thing 
And, and you think about like Mackenzie Blackwood, he hasn't won a game since the 28th, that one nothing shutout, that crazy win against the Bruins. That was the last time. Now, could we jokingly say, oh, we got Boston in a, you know, in a week. Um, maybe we could win one of those games. Yeah. I mean, we've had Boston's number, but I think at this point, honestly, I am convinced and I don't even care if I end up being wrong about this, but I'm convinced we will not win another game this year. There are eight games to go. And I do firmly believe that we will tie the Buffalo Sabres for the longest losing streak this season. Um, the good news for Sabres fans is this. Your team has been playing a lot better since the deadline. You guys have got some really good talent in there that have really gelled and they're being competitive and they're winning hockey games. And that's something to, you know, be excited about. Now, I know, I think Buffalo ended up losing tonight. I think the final score, yeah, they got beat up pretty badly, even out shooting the Rangers, but they lost six to three. So that was obviously um, frustrating. But when you look at the league right now, right? You look at the league right now, we are now tied because we got a point. Yippee. We are tied with Anaheim for the 30th worst amount of lowest amount of points in the NHL. Uh, Buffalo is at 33 at the moment. Guys, I believe that we will finish 31st in the NHL when it's all said and done because this team has found every possible way to lose a hockey game. And the responses that we're getting from press conferences and what players are saying, they've checked out. That's the, that's the real issue here. These players have checked out and there's nothing that Lindy Ruff can do. There's nothing he can do. He can't do anything. The only thing he hasn't done yet is go in there, kick and scream and yell on these guys. And I know that people are going to say, well, why are you going to get so hard on these young players? Well, the issue is, is that they're not, they, they don't believe in themselves. That's the problem. And the coaching staff is not putting themselves, putting their players in the best position to succeed. They are just going out there, hoping to God that we get lucky and win a hockey game. And tonight should have been the night. I should have been able to come on here and talk to you guys and say, well, this last week wasn't a total loss. We finally won a game. The losing streak ends at nine. It's all good. No, it doesn't end. It's not going to end. It didn't end tonight. And it probably won't end until whenever next season starts. And maybe it'll continue once next season starts. Who knows? Who knows? But I firmly believe that the way this has gone the last 10 games, that we cannot find a way to win a hockey game. I mean, you'd have to give us a 10-goal lead to make it almost a guarantee that we won't lose. Because even with a multiple-goal lead, we will lose this game. And these play and the players on the Devils know it, and the players on these other teams know it. They know it. We have become a whipping boy for the rest of the National Hockey League. And we are lucky that we are not playing anyone else other than our division. Because if we were, we would be really getting slaughtered by a lot of these teams. Now, would we have a few more wins? Probably, probably. But what does it matter? And let me tell you something else, Devils fans. Stop worrying about who we're going to draft. I know that you're going to come on, you, you'll come to me and say, but Neil, there's nothing else for us to talk about or look forward to. Well, that's the point. That's the point. The Devils have made you think about these things for several years. When was the last time we weren't thinking about that? Probably the 17, 18 year. But even then, to an extent, we were kind of thinking about it because we weren't sure what this team was going to do. We didn't even think that we were going to make the playoffs that year, and we did. 
and it proved to be a bad thing for this team, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, what, what, what the Devils franchise has done the last several years is just make you go through the same cycle. We go into the year with somewhat positive attitude. Uh, maybe the team starts off well, and then we spend the majority of the season, you know, teetering towards the bottom of the NHL. And by the time we hit fucking February, we are thinking about who we are going to take with whatever fucking pick we have. And guys, who gives a flying shit about what draft pick we have next year? If we get the number one overall pick, whoopee-doo. It doesn't matter. Because here's the thing we all have to understand. The reality is, is that the ownership group, and yes, I sound like a broken record because I've talked about this numerous times, but when you come to me or you go on social media and you constantly ask why these things are not happening, when you're as a fan saying, this, me this makes so much sense, why do we not just fire this guy? It's for a simple reason. Ownership does not and will not give a shit. They will not. They haven't. In the entire ownership period, of this in, of the uh, Joshua Harrison David Blitzer era, they have not and still will not give a shit. If they did, they would have allowed whoever it was, Tom Fitzgerald or Ray Shiro, to spend more money. Why do you think we've had the most cat space for the last several years? Why is that? It's because our ownership group doesn't want us to spend money, yet that they will spend money on the Philadelphia 76ers so that puts them in a position to win. We are a chip in a ownership group that wants to show the world how cool they are and how big they are. That is really what it's all about. They want to go to their fancy parties and all their rich you know, events and tell everybody how many franchises they own. This, fran this organization, this, this ownership group tried to buy the New York Mets. I don't know how many times I got to tell you this. That should tell you right away how much they value this team. They don't value this team at all. And I'm sorry, you know, Hugh Weber, Jake Reynolds, maybe they have good intentions, but at the end of the day, when you think about who's really in charge, who's at the top, it starts with those two guys. And those two guys do not and, and don't want to, they don't want to at all, spend money or try to make this team competitive. And let me just say this right now. Any Devils fan that has tickets to the last four games we have at home this year, please don't go because it is not worth it. It's not worth the money. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the aggravation. I'm fully vaccinated at this point. I think I've already mentioned this, but I'm fully vaccinated. I could very much decide to go to a game, but I'm not going to. Why? Because what's the point? What's the point? This Watching this team is not good for my mental health, my psyche, my emotions. It's not worth it. Bro, I wanted to cry after this game because I'm so tired of this shit. I'm so tired of us finding new ways all the time to lose game after game after game. And, I, and look, I get it. You know, a lot of us are diehard fans and we watch our team no matter what and all that stuff. I totally, totally get it. But at the end of the day, unless ownership decided one day by the grace of God to actually give a shit about winning, this is what we're going to get. And the people that I feel the most bad for 
are two groups, the players on this team and the fans who have to watch because the players, they didn't ask to be here. Okay. They were drafted or whatever you want to say. And they're put in this position and they're stuck here. Well, some of them are, are stuck here and they don't know what to do because there is no leadership. We don't have leaders on this team. You know, Nico, I love Nico. Okay. But here's the thing. The reality is with Nico is this, and maybe Kim Moise of Isles Girl 3 on Twitter was right. Maybe she was right. Maybe Nico is not ready to, to be a leader on this team because the issue is Nico is just as young as the rest of these guys. How, you know, and I get you want to do something like, oh, he'll grow into it with the rest of these players. You need to have veteran voices in here that are going to come in, kick ass, take names and say, this type of shit, this losing all the time, we're done with that. We are going to start building a culture that's about winning. That was what made Lou Lamorello such a phenomenal general manager when he was with the Devils and what he's done with Toronto and what he's doing right now with the Islanders. He developed players, drafted them and developed them. But at the same time, he brought in veteran presence. He brought in guys that knew what it took to win. Claude Lemieux, Alexander McGillney, Jeff Friesen. He brought in veteran guys, Scott Stevens. He brought in veteran guys that knew what it took to win and became leaders on this team, whether it's, you want to say, as a voice or on ice production. That's what, it, that's what they've done. That's what they were brought here to do. The Devils don't have that. I'm sorry, they don't have it. And unless they decided that they're going to do that in the future, this is what we're going to get. The confidence of this team is so drastically low that they know in the back of their minds that they are not going to win a game. They, they try, they try, they tried tonight, and it didn't work out. And I remember MSG kept showing the players' reactions on the bench every time we didn't score. Boquist had a chance to score and win the game and at least get some little bit of a boost for this team. And everybody's head just goes down. They just go, like, just heads down. And that's all you need to know about where this team is when it comes to do they believe in themselves. The reality is they fucking don't. They don't. They don't care. Like, they care, okay? I won't say that. They care. But, it, but do they have pride? Hard to say. It's hard to say right now. And I know a lot of this is harsh. I know it is. But it's also somewhat of a reality, ladies and gentlemen. And this is just what you're seeing. And look, I get it. Have I been at times harsh about some of the words that I've used in, in the cursing? Yeah, of course I have. Because, you know, it's not really me. I don't want to be this type of person. I don't want to come on here twice a week and have to talk to you guys about why this team constantly find ways to lose. But I'm a fan. What can I do? There is nothing I can do. All I can do is turn on the TV and watch the game and see what happens. And, you know... If anything, what this loss proved is what I said before, that I don't think this team is going to win a game the rest of the season. I just don't think they will. I, I just can't see it. I just can't. I don't. And don't give me all this moral victory BS. I don't want to hear that because it doesn't mean anything. We still lost the game. Somebody locked on Devils. Good guy, by the way. Really good guy. Go subscribe to that podcast. I'm sure this was kind of, he was being, he was joking around. But he said, oh, at least we got a point. And in all caps, I just lost it. I said, it doesn't matter. 
we lost the game. And I wish, I wish fans would recognize that more, that these more victories and all this thing about, oh, we're hoping that these guys learn a lesson. The only lesson they're learning right now is to how to lose every possible way. That's all they're learning. They're not gaining confidence. It's not like that they're constantly in this game and they're one or two little things away from finding a way to win a game. No, they find more and more ways to lose these games. And that's, and that's really it guys. I mean, that, that, I, I mean, I don't really know what else to tell you. Like this is kind of like the hardest thing for me because look, I love doing this podcast. It is, it has constantly been, I, I wake up every day and I realize how grateful I am to be doing this. And I thank Isha, Dylan, everybody from the hockey podcast network that has given me this opportunity since June of 2020 to be doing this. And this has been so much fun getting to know a lot of you people interacting with you as much as I do on social media. Uh, the amount of people that I've gotten to interview and talk to, it's been phenomenal. And I don't, and, and I love it. I love it. Um, but the hardest part is talking about what this is, this podcast is all about. And that is the New Jersey devils. And, you know, look, was I alive when the devils won Stanley cups? Yeah, I was alive in 2000, 2003, but I wasn't conscious. I wasn't, I didn't really get into hockey till about 2006. Um, and when I was a kid, I mean, I, it, to me, that was all I was, I was so used to us making the playoffs and at least giving us a chance to win a cup. Right. And 2012 comes along and we're two wins short of winning a Stanley cup. And that would have been such a great thing. Um, especially for someone like Marty who would have won his fourth Stanley cup, which would have, I think cemented him without a doubt as the greatest goaltender of all time, but that doesn't mean anything in this point. But since 2012, we made the playoffs once and in many other years we finished in dead last. So when I've been really conscious really watching game in and game out i'm just i'm just so burned out from it all i'm just so burned out from watching this team lose every way every way possible i mean i've seen them lose four goal leads three goal leads two goal leads one goal leads it doesn't matter i've seen them lose them all i've seen them give up goals where they shot it from center ice and it went in i've seen that i've seen so many things um and, you know, you guys, if you guys have been following along long enough, you guys know that, um, you know, I usually try to do, I usually try to add some other things that are going on, like Prospect Update or Binghamton Devils. There isn't much to talk about. There really isn't. Um, I know that there's probably some things out there that I'm missing, but to be honest with you, is that really what you want to hear? I mean, to me, that's just not what this podcast is about. I've said this before. This podcast is by a fan for the fans. That's what it's, that's what it's for. I am a fan just like you, just like you. And I care very much about this team. I put a lot of my time and effort into this team. I finally have an opportunity to showcase my passion and my voice for this, for this hockey team. And hockey is my passion. And, you know, I just hope that one day, because all I can do is hope as a fan. I can't do anything else. And none of, us, none of us other fans can really do it as well. All we can do is hope and pray that one day things start to really turn around. And not one of these things where, like, we go in the next season and maybe we finish, you know, with, I don't know, 88 points and just miss the playoffs, right? It's got to be showing signs that we are really, like, right there to taking that massive step to being a Stanley Cup contender. 
because that's all we want. Look, here in New Jersey, we don't have a lot of major sports franchises. As a matter of fact, we only have one team in the state that calls themselves New Jersey. As I mentioned before, the New York Red Bulls play in Harrison, which is right across the Little River from Newark. They play well into New Jersey, but they call themselves the New York Red Bulls. Go figure. Go figure. You have the Giants and the Jets who play in MetLife in, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, but they're called the New York Giants and the New York Jets. We had the New Jersey Nets who used to play in the Continental Airlines Arena and then the IZOD Center. They moved to Brooklyn. I mean, we don't have a lot of professional sports in Jersey. And if you don't have the New Jersey Devils, th that's it. We don't technically have a, a sports franchise that represents New Jersey and calls himself Jersey's team. And that to me is a hard thing for me to deal with. And I'm tired of hearing from Rangers fans, Islander fans to a lesser extent, because I'm, I'm pretty close with a lot of Islander fans, um, Flyers fans. I, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm tired of hearing about all oh, you guys suck. You guys are a, a poverty franchise. You guys should move to Quebec or, or, you know, wherever Colorado, you know, whatever, whatever place they want the team to move to. And I said this before, and this, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to stop doing these episodes because it's, I love doing this. I love doing what I do. And like I said, I'm grateful for it for every day, but I will just say this. The reality is, is that if by some crazy chance, the devils start to really like lose money and they get to a point where maybe they have to move. I would I be heartbroken? Of course. Would a lot of Devils fans be heartbroken? Of course. But it would just be a continuation of this state and this fan base getting punched in the gut. And we have to deal with the bullshit of, oh, you're from Jersey. You live in the armpit of America. This is why when we win games, especially against, you know, our rivals, that's why they're, they need so much more. Because we get, for even a couple of hours or a couple of days, we get to rub it in their face as opposed to hearing it from them. That's what we enjoy the most. And we just want people to recognize us as a legitimate state, as legitimate people, not the armpit of America, not the Jersey Shore bullshit you saw on MTV. None of that. But to pretty much wrap this up, guys, look, there's another loss. We've lost 10 in a row. I don't know when the losing is going to stop. I don't know when changes are actually going to happen. I don't know when these same old seasons are going to keep happening, but I do hope it ends, it ends sooner rather than later. I think we all could do that. Um, all you could do as a devil's fan at this point, just, just be, I guess, grateful that we have a team to watch and just try to watch these last eight games. And uh, we'll see what happens um, this off season. And, and hopefully real change happens because I, I don't know um when that's gonna happen but we'll see we'll see what's going on devils fans it's your host neil villapiano thank you so much for checking out this edition of the devil's state of mind podcast on the hockey podcast network the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your new jersey devils if you want to check out more of the podcast here's what you do you go wherever you listen to podcasts so that could be spotify 
that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, where, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, pain, pain. The agony and the ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything you could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt 
And one last thing, rock on. Woo!